All right, guys, we are back. This is episode two of the Refeeds Unfiltered podcast, wrestling podcast. But first, but first, I just wanted to uh, break the news. Not break the news, but this is pretty concerning to me as a gamer. Um, Dan Hauser from Rockstar Games, co-founder of Rockstar Games, will be leaving in March. How the how will this affect GTA Six? We don't know, but we know he he has written a lot of the games. He's written every GTA game. He's also written the Red Dead Two storyline, which is so fucking good. And the ending had me emotional, but we're not here to talk games. We're not here to talk Dan Hauser. We're here to talk wrestling. And my God, the past week have been fantastic. Well, not fantastic. Well, not for WWE. After I read you this, but this uh, last week has been very, very newsworthy, and we're going to get right into it. Don't want to take up too much of everybody's time, you know. I'm going to try to keep it under two hours because we got a lot of got a, got a lot of stuff to cover. So, if you guys are new listeners here, I want you guys to subscribe to my YouTube page, okay? We're almost at 1,000 subs. And also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, you know, I'm active on those two platforms as well. If you want to talk wrestling with me, some some fucking clown who knows everything, thinks he knows everything, but anyway, we are going to get right into it. So, WWE stock, yeah, it plummeted, just like those ratings, they plummeted, they are down. Now, as of last week, they were down 40, 46%, 48% around there. Stock dropped after Vince McMahon fired, fired the two co-founders of World Wrestling Entertainment. So after he fired them, the stock immediately crashed. And yesterday was the quarter four earnings call, and we are going to go over that right now. So, according the uh, quarter quarter four earnings call, wow, I can't speak for some reason, but we are going to get into it. So, this is by Wrestling News. This is where I got this from. So, we are going to do an overview of this whole thing here. So, let's... Start from the top, okay? Because this, this is very, very in-depth about how this fourth current owners call went on Thursday. This is just yesterday. This is this was yesterday. So, WWE held its 2019 fourth quarter earnings conference call on Thursday that featured WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, SVP Financial Planning and Investors Relations Michael West, and acting WWE CFO Frank Riddick. And these are the highlights so, I'm just going to read you guys what happened here. The conference call opens with a with welcoming everyone on the call. Vince stated about the management transition that alludes to George Berrios and Michelle Wilson's exit. Those were the two people that were immediately fired just so, just so abruptly. No notice. They were just fired. Vince McMahon felt like he had to do something quick. So, George Barrios and Michelle Wilson exit announced a management transition that did not reflect a change in strategy. 
The decision was based on different views on execution and areas of focus. McMahon praised him for their work, but noted WWE wouldn't miss a beat without him. That, that is fucking insane to say. I'm going to read you that again. McMahon praised their work, but noted that WWE wouldn't miss a beat without them. Holy shit. You want to talk about throwing somebody under the bus? Jesus. He added that they will have an evaluation of strategic alternatives to consumer products. We are changing WWE culture to be more collaborative and inclusive. Vince says of WWE Network strategic alternatives, which could be implemented, quite frankly, in the next quarter. He added that he's more confident than ever about their future. Frank Riddick ran through the media content and brought up their strategy with SmackDown on Fox, Raw, NXT on the NXT or on the USA Network. WWE predicts a increase to 1.4 million WWE Network sales for quarter one of 2020. WWE is also looking at an alternative strategic is also looking at alternative strategic options for the WWE Network. Riddick ran through the revenue numbers, and revenue numbers increased 18% to 322 million from the prior year as increased revenue in the media segment. Operating income has increased 87% to 99 million, driven by increased profits from the media segment. Media revenues increased 29% to a quarterly record of 264 million. WWE Network's average pay subscribers decreased 10% to approximately 4.2 million. Now, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. 4.2 million. Now, now I'm backtracking here and kind of just reading verbatim. I'm rushing through it, but I'm backtracking here for a minute. WWE predicts an increase to 1.47 million network subs for quarter one of this year. And the fourth quarter of last year ended with 4.42 million. Do you guys see the problem? The problem is they're not expecting that much of an increase. And this could mean... Numerous things. This could mean that this could possibly mean that they might switch back over to pay-per-view. But how would like oh because like people aren't watching WWE Network. Like 1.47 million. Like that's that's not that much of an increase. That's virtually nothing. So they are expecting nothing for quarter one for the network. So this is bad. This was bad. The prior quarter, it was 1.51. The decrease in live event revenue was caused by no super showdown in Australia. Media was hurt with four 2K20 steals, and we all know how poor WW2K20 was. This was when they opened up the call for questions. When asked about the TV deal in India, they have an existing deal, but the uncertainty is when a new deal will be put into place. They already have TV rights and guidance. When asked whether the WWE Network is a business they can sell to a potential partner such as ESPN or ESPN Plus, McMahon stated we have a lot of options. We continue on with a free and enhanced paid tier. Right now is no more better time to exercise the selling of our rights. All majors are currently clamoring for our content. <clears throat> Vince made it clear that XFL is separate from WWE with 400 employees. The question regarding 
the potential of pulling NXT off the network. Vince said the network is the most premium content. He says the network is their premium option, but TV is another way to capitalize on the network. A question about putting ads on the network. McMahon noted that they're considering it if the WWE Network stays as is, which which is the problem because it might not stay as is. Like they they might make numerous changes to the network. Let's say before WrestleMania happens, because this is uh this is not good. But we're gonna continue on here. We're almost done. McMahon added that there is a very strong interest in OTT. If a deal is made, then they will be announcing that in the first quarter. That's how far we are. McMahon was asked about spending more time on talent and production calls. He thinks doing so is paramount. He sees growth in ratings and noted how previous quarters that were down had talent injury. He said that they are exactly where they want to be heading into WrestleMania. And we still have a lot. So I have a lot to go through here. We're going to finish it up. Then I'm going to give you my thoughts on why the stock is down, why ratings are down, and why Vince himself is not most of the blame. But Vince is, of course, he's the top dog, but Vince is the blame. More questions on the WWE Network moving to other potential OTT platforms was brought up. McMahon stated, when you're playing with some of the majors, it depends on negotiation. If we keep it, WWE Network, absolutely. Nothing is a must-have. We'll deal with what's available. If any one of these deals take place, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be transformative. They said that they don't comment on what the profitability of WWE Network is. How has the free tier for WWE Network performed? Riddick said... It was launched in December, and it's too early to say what the results are. We'll continue to analyze when we feel like we have a good idea. We'll put that out there. McMahon added, again, it was a soft launch. He's talking about the launch of the network. A question about the concerns with McMahon involved at XFL. McMahon noted that there is no investment by WWE in the XFL. Reddick added, there's no plan to put the XFL back into WWE. Now, just as a quick side note by me, I don't think Vince, like, his personal money is going into the XFL. I think a lot of the money going into the XFL is the money they make off of WWE because I just can't see Vince putting his own personal money into XFL. He's definitely using that WWE money to fund the XFL. That is just my opinion. A caller asked about AEW competition and AEW producing more edgier content, whether it has changed their point of view. <clears throat> Vince said, quote, AEW has not changed our content at all. We don't need more edgy content. PG, one of the free programs out there that is really PG as far as NXT, we're competing. NXT is competing on Wednesday and we, and and are doing extremely well. McMahon was asked about the management turnover and how that has impacted his role. He said he'll have a few more direct reports now. I have pretty broad shoulders and I can handle a lot. Regarding WWE's company structure, McMahon noted in terms of reimagining our culture in a way we do business, it's going to be very inclusive, attracting world-class individuals to our company. I mean, who wouldn't want to work for WWE? This is what Vince said. I mean, come on. It won't take us long to implement all that. 
A caller wanted to know more about this agreement on strategy with McMahon, Barrios, and Wilson. Vince stated, quote, a lot of it was execution focus as well. Reallocation of resources, the way we do business is going to be different and more successful as well. So that was the earnings call for quarter two. So Vince pretty much wants to provide more inclusive content to the to WWE Network. And of course, in question about AEW, of course, is direct is direct competition to NXT. Of course, he says we are doing fine in the ratings against AEW. And me personally, I'd uh, listen, AEW may be winning in the ratings, but look, quality over quantity, man. And NXT just has the quality each and every week. This is the most consistent television program in the world. Way better than AEW. AEW, I don't want to say it doesn't even come close, but it's, it's shredding that territory. I don't think AEW is better than NXT at all after 19 weeks. Especially with their god-awful women's division. Again, my thing is they don't expect any increase in network subs like 1.42 million at the end of quarter four and they only expect to jump up to 1.47 million it's not that much so and then he speaked about possibly giving you know the rights of the network to other um ott such as espn or fox now, Fox obviously has a deal with WWE, clearly, for SmackDown. So, if they do make changes to the network, concerns are what pay-per-views go on the network and what shows go on, you know, pay- like like actual pay-per-view. My thing is, so like, here's my thinking of this. If it does get down to the point where they have to just completely make big changes to the network. Here's how I would do it. I would take the big four pay-per-views, War Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Put them as your big four. Put them back on pay-per-view. Right? And then leave out all the other shows to the network. So, like, like the B-level shows, C-level shows, all that stuff. That's how I would do it because they would make a lot. They would make a lot more money just selling a big four on pay per view than they would on a platform that's only going for nine out of nine a month. And a lot of people have been canceling their network subscriptions as of late. I wonder why. And that and that is what we're going to get into now after we read that earnings call. So here's my thing about this. I think. I think it all starts with the top, right? So if the product isn't presenting the people what they want, then people aren't going to watch. I'm not trying to say it's that simple, but then but then again, it all comes down to how your product is driven. We see the same... We've been seeing the same shit for... A better part of a decade, man. 
And now it's finally starting to hit him a little bit with the stock dropping and all this other stuff. My thing is, the reason why this is happening is, again, the quality of the shows. The shows are just not good. These shows are not, Raw has been absolute garbage for the last six, seven or so years. More so, some of the worst Raws we've seen in 2018, 2019. Like, 2018 was really bad. 2019 was treading right with 2018. And not to mention, in 2019, their top, they, they, not to mention, in 2019, they topped their lowest non-holiday rating eight different times. In 2017, they did it five times. I'm sorry, 2018, they did it five times. So in two years, they've topped their their lowest non-holiday rating 13 times. And nobody sees a problem with that. Nobody sees a problem with that. That is why your ratings are down. It all goes back to the quality of shows, the way shows produce, and these shows are just not bringing in anything. And another reason why the stock... Now, 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 I'm not saying these are main reasons, but these are, you know, part of the reason. The contract's given out. You're giving out... Five-year deals, the guys who just sit in catering. Five-year deal here, five-year deal there, five-year deal here, five-year. They're giving out five-year deals to everybody for good amounts of money just to stay in catering and do nothing and do the same shit they were doing before they signed the contract. Why? Why? What the fuck you gonna do with a Mojo Raleigh? AEW ain't gonna look for Mojo Raleigh. I think they're just giving these contracts away because they feel bad if they don't sign these guys because like they're they're like afraid that other promotions are gonna pick them up. Like, like who the fuck is gonna pick up a Kalisto or a Mojo Riley or Gender fucking Mahal? Are you kidding me? I'm just naming three guys just right off the top of my head that it just completely irrelevant. Like, and they're giving out these contracts. That, that like, don't make much sense to guys who just sit around and do nothing and work twice a year. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I completely forgot about this. Mojo Riley's a 24-7 champion. He's getting his TV time now. That Man, that $5 million contract is fucking worth it, man. Let me tell you. It all goes back to the creative inequality of the shows. And... Quite frankly, the creative fucking sucks. The quality of these shows suck. And then when someone's contract is up, they're like, oh, you know what? I don't want you to go uh, fucking New Japan or AEW or any other promotion. So here's a five-year contract worth about $750,000. And then they sign it foolishly. And what happens after that? Same shit. Same shit. Uh, I mean, my goodness, they gave Alana... A five-year fucking deal. I guarantee you after this feud finally blows off, which I really hope this shit is over, that she's going to go right back to what she was doing before this, which is nothing. And Rusev hasn't signed. I really hope Rusev, I really hope Rusev does not resign. Nor the Revival, especially the Revival. 
A lot of people say the, the fucking Revival are overrated. My God, you didn't watch NXT, man. The, the Revival put on some of the best tag team matches you will ever fucking see. Not like ever see, but they put on some of the best matches in WWE and tag team wrestling history. I mean, they have a re- really good track record. Watch their match against DIY, two out of three falls. Probably the best tag team match I've ever seen. I've ever seen. Easily one of the best in history. I hope the Revival doesn't resign. I hope they go to AEW now. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, just completely fucking cock rides AEW. Like, like they, there are some toxic at, like, I thought the WWE fan base was toxic. My God. In 20 weeks, AEW's fan base might be more toxic than WWE. I'm sorry. Both fan bases are fucking stupid. Full of absolute idiots. You don't know what the hell they're talking about, bro. They act like both shows can't be good at one week. Both shows can't, like, you can enjoy both fucking shows. Do you realize this, people? You don't have to hate the other side. What the fuck are we in World War Three? Jesus Christ. These goddamn people take this shit way too seriously. Way too seriously. But, it, uh, look, man, it all goes down to the quality of these shows. And they just haven't been good. They just haven't been good. Now, I'm going to get into ratings now. Because, like, ratings are, are you know, uh, another fucking reason. Right? So, I'm going to read you guys something. These are the Raw after the Royal Rumble ratings from 2016 to now. Ready? So, 2016, Raw after the Royal Rumble, of course, AJ Styles. Holy shit. Just debuted. Everybody wants to see him. 4.1 million. 2017, don't remember who won, I think it was Orton, mm, 3.62 million, 2018, 3.4 million, and 2019 is probably the biggest drop, 2019, 2.7 million, and 2020, a show with Becky Lynch, Edge, Edge returning. I mean, what the hell? Who the hell ain't gonna watch it? I was expecting big numbers. I was honestly expecting big numbers. And as much as I crap on Raw and SmackDown, I honestly feel bad for the Raw rating here. 2019, 2.4 million. So, as you can see, from 2016 to 2020, ratings fell from 4.1 million to 2.4 million. And you, and you people don't think it's part of the problem? I see some people on on social media that says that this stock problem isn't going to affect the shows. No, really? You, you don't think this is going to affect the shows? Well, guess what, motherfucker? The shows are definitely affecting the stock right about now. These shows suck. These shows suck. Like, we we get fucking spoon-fed the same shit over and over again. The same people. They can't build new stars. Yes, they're doing it with Drew McIntyre. They did it with Kofi, but it was forced. They did it with Becky, but it felt forced. Like, remember when people were getting their push in wrestling or in WWE, and it felt organic? The... 
honestly, the last time something felt organic was Daniel Bryan. And even then, his felt a little forced. Because we all know they wanted to strike Roman Reigns with the title that year. Actually, no. The Shield was still together that year. I lied. But Daniel Bryan was so over that they kind of had to. But his push was organic. Like, they built it up. And up and up and up. And Kofi was kind of the same way. But I feel like if he didn't win here, like, I think they probably would have blew up the stadium. Right? They probably would have blew up MetLife Stadium, went to the back, and absolutely slaughtered Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's just me. But there hasn't been anybody who has felt organically pushed. And I feel like they're trying to do it with McIntyre. And I hope, I really hope, I really hope they build McIntyre up to a fucking beast. And and and, and, and please, I, underst- I understand they're trying to build McIntyre. But can we not have him in matches with the 24-7 champion or even interacting with the 24 24- Why is that title still even a thing? Why do women's tag titles still a thing? Like, I don't understand. Another thing I don't understand is SmackDown tonight. There's so, there's a supposed fatal four-way between Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Carmella, and um, I can't, I can't even remember the last one. So you got Alexa Bliss, right? Right? Who, her and her tag partner, Nikki Cross, won a tag match last week. So, they're supposed to be vying for the women's tag titles, I guess. And I guess they just completely threw that shit on the fucking back burner and said, oh, you know what, Bliss? Fuck it. You want a tag match or a number of contenders match for the SmackDown women's title? This women's division fucking sucks. You know what they need to do? You know what they need to do? Fuck having Shayna Baszler and fucking Becky Lynch. Fuck, fuck Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. They need to have Becky versus... Bailey, bro. Unify the fucking titles. No winner takes all. No, unification. Unify the fucking women's division. These divisions suck. These divisions suck. I don't understand, but I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah, quality of the show's not good. They haven't been good for a long-ass time. And... If they keep producing the fucking absolute trash y'all on SmackDown, I mean, what? Holy shit! I mean, why the fuck pay these people two billion dollars here for fucking dog food? That that's what Fox do. If I was Fox, I would have pulled out of this deal six weeks ago. Now, I was actually giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, you know, bro, SmackDown's going to be fucking way better when SmackDown moves to Fox. <laughs> Who the fuck am I kidding? Who am I kidding, man? I knew these shit. SmackDown has actually turned into the new Raw. These last two weeks of Raw have been fucking, like, not, not like great shows, not good shows. They've been okay shows. Now, Raw this week was it's a pretty good show. It was a pretty good show. But one out of, what, 52 weeks of fucking Raw? Yet people still fucking say when Heyman and fucking Bischoff took over. Bischoff, who is not even fucking here anymore. Shows got better. No. No. Raw has not gotten better since Heyman has been here. Yes, Heyman has an influence, this is and that. But uh, people need to stop, like... 
people need to get this out of their fucking head. Paul Heyman ain't making these shows better, man. Raw has been the same role since before Heyman fucking came. One good show ain't gonna make Raw fucking just 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 skyrocket in ratings. Raw actually fucking dropped in ratings again. 2.1 million. 2.1 million. That is not good. That is not good. Now, that's crazy because they hit 2.1 million and Raw was actually a pretty good fucking show. Last week's show before uh, with, with uh, Edge, that show was trash. Outside of the fucking Edge segment, show was fucking terrible. Show, show sucked. Shows always suck. One good show, which is which was this week. Look, people think, oh my God, Raw was fucking good. Uh, change, change is coming. And then fucking next fucking 10, 15 weeks, straight garbage. <clears throat> like, I feel like Vince McMahon is just fucking giving out money. Ah, God, man, this Saudi deal too. Horrible deal. 10-year deal. God, we got to see fucking... <laughs> Look, man. We got to see these guys in here for another fucking eight years in Saudi Arabia. Horrible Saudi deal. That's part of the problem. Edge's contract, $3 million. They paid them $3 million. Now, no, no, look, look, look. Granted, Edge, Edge, Edge is one of my favorite superstars. He's probably my... He is my favorite superstar. Of all time in WWE. Yes, over fucking rock and order. I just like the edge. Alright? Fuck yourself if you don't. They paid Edge three years, right? Three million dollars each. Nine million dollars for three years. Now mind you, this guy hasn't wrestled a match in nine years. Off a career ending triple neck surgery. <clears throat> Spinal fusion. All types of fusions. And uh, they signed him to a th- three-year, $3 million a year contract. Now, now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Edge, but the th- one thing that's doing a little too much out, the only reason why they did this is because AEW actually offered them a contract. And WWE wanted to match it. But Edge, Edge, the fucking smart guy that he is, he wasn't going to sign AEW. He was going to wait, right? He said, oh, yeah, dude, look at this fucking contract AEW is giving me. He's fucking enticing. Vince Sully, he said, oh, I got you. Here's uh, here's $3 million for three years. And then he signed. So he used AEW to get leverage on his future WWE contract. Smart move. Edge is a smart fucking businessman. Edge is very smart. But you're giving $3 million a year to a guy who's like 46 years of age coming off of triple fusion next surgery. Don't get it. Don't get it. Ratings, again, we mentioned ratings, SmackDown ratings. Let's see, have they gotten over a fucking 2-4 or 2-5? Cause like, I feel like they're always in the two, three, two, four range. And with the oh my God, SmackDown, Raw again, Raw. These last two weeks have been more tolerable than fucking SmackDown. SmackDown's gotten fucking worse 
week after week after week. It's getting to a point where I don't give a fuck about anybody on that show outside of Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. That's it. Oh, yeah. Oh, not to mention my favorite thing on SmackDown right now is Otis and Mandy. Cannot wait to see what happens next week with the whole Valentine's Day thing. That should be great. Otis and Mandy are fantastic. And that's probably my favorite thing going in all of WWE right now. Which says a lot. Which says a lot. Anyway, man. I'm going to get on to the next topic here. Because we spent a lot of time on stocks. So, we are going to talk about Charlotte Flair and Ripley. Actually, you know We honestly don't need to talk about that because... I don't want to go into tangent here, but I don't think Charlotte and Ray Ripley needs to happen at WrestleMania. Why? I mean, Ray Ripley's the NXT fucking women's champion. She's only 23 years of age. And WWE has a, ten, has a fucking tendency of seeing things and wanting to do it immediately without any fucking build. And my thing is, this shit isn't going to have any build. It's also taking shine away from Bianca Belair and her match. And, 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 and Luke, this is a bold prediction, but I think Bianca Belair fucking walks out as NXT Women's Champion. Now, she honestly should have fucking, if we're going to backtrack here for a minute, she honestly should have been NXT Women's Champion that could take over, um, that could take over New York, I believe, or, um, or whatever takeover, um, she had against Shayna Baszler. She had two takeover matches against her. She had one one-on-one match, and then it was a fatal four-way. Bianca Belair should have won that one-on-one match. If you wasn't going to do it then, okay, cool. She's still technically undefeated. Why didn't she get the belt in the fatal four-way? She should be your champion coming into takeover Portland, to be honest. If you wanted to get the goddamn title to Rhea Ripley, she should be taking it off of Bianca Belair right now. So I think Bianca was a fucking title. They can do Charlotte and Rhea Ripley without a fucking title. I don't know. I don't know. But Charlotte has literally done everything. And, you know, and, you know, um, there have been reports saying that fucking Charlotte Flair's been complaining about not being pushed. Not being involved in big storylines. She wins the fucking World Rumble. Now she's involved in a storyline with Ray Ripley. There. All you gotta do is bitch and moan to Vince McMahon. And he'll get what you want. Simple as that. It is simple as that. <clears throat> Holy shit. I might need a little bottle of water. I'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, that is my bad, ladies and gentlemen. We had the fucking... Holy shit, throat was getting fucking dry as... Dry as shit. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, Ray Ripley, Charlotte Flair shouldn't happen at WrestleMania 36. They're rushing it and they don't need to. They're just trying to find something for Charlotte Flair to do because she won the fucking World Rumble and they don't know what to goddamn do with her. So, you know, I throw it down in NXT. Guaranteed this was the, even the original plan. And speaking of original plan, she wasn't even supposed to win the Rumble. Plans got fucking changed. It was supposed to be Baszler and Roman Reigns. Thank God Roman Reigns didn't win. But it was supposed to be Roman and Shayna winning. And then they changed it to Drew and Charlotte. I wish he would have kept Drew. 
and right, right, keep Drew, and then fucking don't switch fucking Charlotte. Shayna and Drew win their perspective rumbles, but nah, nah, fuck that. Charlotte's fucking bitching and moaning, so we gotta give her whatever she wants, cause you know WWE owes her. Get the fuck out of here. Owes her a favor. The fuck out of here. She's done plenty of favors to the fucking 16 million plastic surgery she's been getting. You fucking kidding me? Favors. Fuck you and your favors. Get the fuck out of here with your favors. Kidding me? Anyway, man. Next one on the agenda is uh, Randy Orton's promo. We got to talk about his promo. We have to talk about his promo because it was fucking fantastic. Randy Orton, one week after absolutely killing Edge. Right? And it's funny to me because part of me fucking loved that segment. Right? Excuse me. Sorry. Part of me loved that segment with Edge and Orton where Orton just actually beat down Edge to the point where Edge was twitching his fucking hand and shit. But, but what I don't understand, and a lot of people have been questioning this too, and it's fucking logical to question it, because there's a logic in this, is where the hell were Edge's fucking friends at? Edge, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, sure has a lot of friends backstage. Where the hell was everybody at when Edge was getting absolutely fucking beat down by Randy Orton? Orton was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted to. He said, nah. Nah, I mean, nobody's going to attack me. This end of the show? No, no, no. That's not a good reason. Also, why when a guy comes back after nine years and all this, but you, like, immediately do every possible neck move in the fucking book? RKO. Now, granted, he took the RKO like a fucking beast. But then, but then you're teasing this fucking chair spot, like him putting his neck in the chair. Like, why are we doing this? I mean, I mean, it's not fucking wrong to question that. It's not wrong to question that at all. And I and I don't understand where the hell Edge's you know buddies were at during this. Why the fuck they didn't run out and try to stop it? But Orange promo the next week, he came out and it was very long drawn. And reasons for this being long drawn is because Salt Lake City, the mayor actually threatened to shut down the, you know, highways and stuff. So Raw was rumored to be, you know, canceled or have an emergency show. My God. The last the last time Main Raw's show had an emergency show, quote unquote. It was the best show of the fucking year. I wouldn't mind an emergency show, you know, have Undisputed Era versus, you know, War Raiders or, you know, Street Profits, whoever the hell was there. Adam Cole versus Buddy Murphy or something. You know, Roderick Sean versus Seth Rollins. Shit, there's your show right there. There is your show right there. There's your show right there. But, unfortunately... Everybody was able to make it. Nah, I'm playing. Nah, nah. But. Randy Orton came out and it was long drawn. And people were probably wanting late to the show. So he said, you know what, Randy? Make your entrance for five fucking minutes. And, and that is that is like exa- exactly what he did. Now, 
This could mean two things. He's probably making his interest for five minutes because he was like contemplating fucking life during his interest. He said, God damn it, dude. Was I really supposed to attack this man, dude? God damn it, dude. Radio RKO, this, this, and that. This is crazy. This is crazy. It's like Orton, right? <laughs> he finally gets into a ring, right? He grabs a fucking microphone and, 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 Honestly, I haven't heard a crowd boo a heel since Elias when he talked shit about the Seattle Supersonics not having a team. Man, you want to talk about heel heat? I haven't heard this much heel heat for the actual heel and not no fucking cheering bullshit like they do Finn Balor. Now, now look, man, I love, I love Finn Balor, but they do not boo this man. You cannot boo Finn Balor. You cannot boo Bailey. You just can't boo those people. They're too fucking good. Now, Corbin. People will make the argument for Corbin. Corbin has get the fuck off my TV before I change the channel heat. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Now, people say he's the best heel in the business. I mean, you know, fucking, you know. If Tommaso Ciampa turns fucking heel tomorrow, he'll be the best fucking heel in the business. Let's be honest. Because Ciampa, you want to talk about heat? Do you want to talk about heat? Bro. Tommaso Ciampa. And his three matches with Johnny Gargano, the fucking crowd wanted to lynch him. That's what it sounded like. Everybody was so pro Gargano, they they couldn't give a fuck about Champa. Velveteen Dream, they couldn't give a fuck. Expe- oh my god. Go back to War Games two when Velveteen Dream did the Rolling Death Valley Driver, the Gene Valley Driver, and he went up to the top rope. Listen to that fucking crowd and tell me everybody wasn't pro Velveteen Dream for that matter. Second. Second best fucking takeover, by the way. War Games 2, followed by Takeover New York. But I'm getting sidetracked again. But Champa's three matches with three matches with Johnny Gargano. He had he had nuclear fucking heat. He had tactical nuke like heat. Tactical nuke heat. And it was fucking fantastic to hear. Orton. Gets into the ring. He tries to say something. Every time he goes to say something, the crowd gets fucking loud. And then the Edge Champ pops off. Edge Champ pops off. Holy shit. Crowd's going bananas. The crowd is going bananas. Not for Randy Orton. For Edge. They are booing the shit out of Randy Orton at this point. And he's just fucking pacing around the ring. Doing this is not. Tries to talk boo. Tries to talk boo. And then he finally decides, you know, ah, fuck these people. Drops the mic, walks away. Boos him off the stage. Get off my stage. Says Salt Lake City. And by the way, that fucking crowd for a show that was supposed to be rumored, quote, canceled, delayed. That crowd was hot. Best Raw all year. Best Raw, I would say... Not like the last two years, but uh, you know, I'm I, look raw so shit. I can't even give it that set. So best raw of the year, t- 2020. Best raw of 2020, easy. Now, obviously, it did have its flaws. You know, with the Mojo Raleigh garbage and the Alistair Black. Oh my God, who wants to pick a fight with me? Oh my God, we're going back to this fucking trash. Speaking of Alistair Black, I'm going to touch on this again. What the fuck are they doing with Alistair Black? Now, 
I fucking understand why he wasn't in the triple threat match. He was in a whole tattoo ordeal and stuff like that. But they went with Brock Lesnar and Ricochet. Instead of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And then Ricochet tweeted out, can't y'all just enjoy things? No, we can't enjoy things. Because this show has been constantly been so fucking trash and they don't listen to anything. They couldn't give a fuck about the fans, bro. Yet, we're supposed to believe that WWE is doing it for the fans. No, the fuck they're not. Just look at what they're doing with Charlotte. Vince is going to get his way. Trust me. Vince is going to get his way. He didn't get it. He did not get it last year. He is going to get it this year. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. He didn't get his way last year. Becky proved herself to be over. And Becky, she got to a point where it was impossible not to give her the fucking titles. Trust me. It's coming. Finch is going to get his way one way or another. So yeah, Raw wasn't that bad. Oscar versus Natalia was pretty good. I couldn't give a damn about Natalia though. But it was a, it was it was it was a pretty intense match. I mean, what Oscar kicked the shit out of Natalia. That was a fucking actual kick. I mean, boot bounced right off her fucking lips, fucking face. It was a great. Raw was a good show. Best show of the year so far. We'll see if Raw could fucking keep it up. Because the rating actually went down. I think WWE finally realized, you know, bro, let's put on one good Raw. Then the rating still went down. I think fucking people are realizing that Raw is just not, it's just fucking not it. And SmackDown is not it. But, you know, can't really say much because they're averaging four point something million combined both shows. I guess they're happy with that, right? Who knows? Anyway... The next thing we're going to talk about, where does Bray Wyatt go from here? The Fiend, Universal Champion. Um, I don't know. I would love to see him in the Elimination Chamber for the Universal title, if I'm being quite frank. But then again, the Universal, I'm sorry, the Chamber match is going to go to SmackDown this year, obviously. With Raw already having his world title match. Now, the Elimination Chamber, I can honestly see Roman Reigns winning that. Because I, I can't see no one else challenging fucking the uh, Fiend for the fucking title. But then again, you got to think, how does a guy who just fucking feuded with Baron Corbin for the millionth time, this time with stipulations of fucking dog food and all this garbage, how is it going to be believable to beat the Fiend? Oh, I know how. Vince fucking McMahon. Trust me, he's going to get his way. The Fiend will face Roman at WrestleMania, and he's going to fucking lose. It's going to be a typical Roman Reigns fucking match. He's going to win, and he's going to get booed. They want this man to get fucking cheered? Don't have him beat The Fiend at Mania. Now, he's chasing the title that he technically didn't lose, which, which I am fine with. But after Roman Reigns is feuding with a guy over, uh, you know, fucking 
this fucking dog food trash and this is these shit stain promos. Goddamn Baron Corbin mocking a big dog and all this just fucking trash. Now, I understand it's a PG product, but my God, just because it's fucking PG doesn't mean you have to produce pure fucking garbage. I think they're taking PG a little too serious because it's pure fucking garbage. Reigns beats Fiend at Mania. Reigns going to go right back to where he fucking was, booed by the fucking fans, or maybe all the fans got to a point where, you know, Seth Rollins is the new Roman Reigns. Maybe we fucking actually like Roman Reigns. Now, I wasn't the biggest Roman Reigns hater. I wasn't the biggest Roman Reigns fan. But they fucking... They they took they took Roman Reigns and fucking shoved them down our fucking trouts. I said trouts. Yes, I said it. For six years. He doesn't need the main... Oh, 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 oh. And speaking of main event, rumor has that Vince McMahon wants that match. To main event WrestleMania. If that's the case, I'm not watching it. Also, if the if if, if any women's match, if any women's match, main events, not watching it. Don't give a fuck how good the goddamn build is. Main event should be Brock and Drew. Obviously, goddamn, do we have even a Royal Rumble? Not giving out the fucking main event spot for WrestleMania. Nakamura didn't get it. Holy shit, you want to talk about killing us? Nakamura is fucking dead. And he just lost the IC title? Yeah, dude, go back to New Japan, Nakamura. Please, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of WWE, bro. They're not going to use you. Or you know what, bro? Send him back down to NXT. Nakamura versus Gargano. Nakamura versus Champa. Nakamura versus Finn Balor. Nakamura versus fucking... <laughs> um, Leo Rush. Nakamura versus freaking Bianca Bella. Fuck it! Do some intergender shit. <laughs> He, he can go with anybody down there. Nakamura's Damian Priest is something that I personally want to see. Nakamura, Keith Lee, Nakamura, fucking Adam Cole. I mean, what the fuck? Look at the endless possibilities of match. NXT has gotten to a point where many people aren't getting called up. Johnny Gargano and Champion, they are never getting called up. Never. Can I say this handy for Undisputed Era? And speaking of that, we are going to take a look at the Undisputed Era. This wasn't in my notes, but I think the prophecy ends at TakeOver Tampa. Adam Cole loses to Tampa. Tampa fucking gets the NXT title. And then we get the fucking feud that we were supposed to get last year to end it. We are going to get one more. The, the fucking NXT title match between Tampa. And Gargano. They have. Now, I know that story is technically done. And, and, and oh my god, they rewrote that story so perfectly. Gargano and fucking Cole going through the tournament. Two out of three falls, which is... Holy shit. Probably one of the best matches WWE's ever produced. And that is honestly my new favorite match. Uh, that is my new favorite match. Gargano and fucking Adam Cole... Holy shit. That's the best match I've ever seen. The story. Everything. Just, just, just all fucking flowed together. It was fucking great. It was great. It was great to see. It was great to see, man. But we are finally going to get Champa versus 
Johnny Gargano, and I honestly think, I honestly think Champa's going to turn heel. Now, obviously, with Champa's comeback, they probably are just going to keep him a babyface forever. Have, you know what, bro? Have fucking Johnny Gargano go babyface. I don't know. Maybe we get Balor versus Champ. Maybe Gargano doesn't win this feud. I don't know. Because like with the way it's looking, I mean, he doesn't fare well in a non-title takeover matches. There's Johnny Gargano. He's lost to Aleister Black. He's lost to Champa once in a non-title takeover match. It can happen. It can happen. So, just keep that in the back of your mind. <clears throat> How about that takeover card, man? Takeover Portland. Takeover Portland is looking like on paper. Now, I didn't just say this about NXT, but on paper, it looks like the best NXT show ever. But will it fucking execute? I mean, what? What the fuck am I mean? Will it execute? I mean, what the fuck am I talking about here? This is Triple H. This is Shawn Michaels. This is Matt Bloom. This is fucking William Regal. Of course it's going to fucking execute. Are you kidding me? Gargano and Balor is going to be a five-star class. That, that is going to be the best match on the entire show. And that is also a match headlining with Champion and fucking Gargano. I'm sorry, Champion and Cole. Match we haven't seen. Balor and Gargano is going to be a five-star class. Balor and Riddle was just what it needed to be. It didn't need to be a 25-minute long fucking absolute dogfight. No, it didn't need to be that. And then we have Tegan Knox and, and Dakota Kai. Now, I don't know why they didn't go with this from the jump. But I guess they felt like they had to get at least one match out of them. And Tegan Knox used a little brace to get a victory over her. But the street fight. The street fight went to Champa. Right? Yeah, the street fight went to Champa. So I think Dakota Kai wins this. But is he going to live up to the levels of Gargano and Champ? Because that's what they're kind of building this towards. And Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are... I mean, what the fuck, man? That that women's division in the NXT is just untouchable. You are not going to see, hear, or fucking look, or fucking feel fucking a better division. Then the NXT Women's Division. I mean, you got Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, Ray Ripley, Shayna Baszler. Well, not no more. But you got Bianca Belair, Ray Ripley. Or Io Shirai, who was hurt. And she might mistake over WrestleMania weekend, which sucks. So she's going to mistake over probably WrestleMania weekend. Hopefully not. But you got Io Shirai. You got fucking um, Dakota Kai. Tegan Knox. Um, you got Caden Carter. You got... Um, Dude, I can go on and on. I can go on and on. You got, Kate, you got freaking Casey Catanzaro back. You got Chelsea Green. Deanna Perrazzo. I mean, what the fuck? <clears throat> Shati Blackheart, who I haven't been a fan of, but Triple H is obviously high on Shati Blackheart. And you know what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with the work she's been doing so far. Shati Blackheart. That woman's division is stacked. So Shane Bay is gonna call up. Ah, you know, do I got that next woman, Ray Ripley. 
Now, whoever wins this feud is obviously going to get a crack at the, at the winner's title. So I think Dakota Kai wins that. I'm going way ahead. We are supposed to do preview and predictions for fucking next week. But you know what? I'm jumping ahead here. But I can either see Dakota Kai winning that match, but I can also see that match going the lengths of maybe over 20 minutes. Should we fight? I think these ladies are going to tear each other the fuck apart. And we are going to get the match that we were supposed to get on the TV episode, but I think it was only seven, eight minutes. Okay, what it was, but a little underwhelming. Anyway. Last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, Becky Lynch. Becky fucking Lynch. What's up with Becky Lynch? What's she going to do, huh? What is she doing now? Oh, actually, you know what? No. Before before we talk about Becky Lynch, we are going to talk about Sasha and Bailey. That's supposed to be the rumor match for WrestleMania 36. Is there another match they can do besides Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania 36? I'll give you a simple answer, folks. No. I mean, you seen you seen what they did in NXT. There are two matches in NXT. If this feud is built correctly, I mean, you I mean, you are looking at an all star lineup for the women at WrestleMania. I mean, we are talking about Bailey versus Sasha, which should have been two years ago when they were feuding then. But nah, we got Alexa Bliss versus Nia fucking Jax. Holy shit. Right? We're talking about a show that can headline Sasha Banks Bailey, Ripley versus Charlotte, which I. Yeah. Uh, and then Becky versus Shane. I mean, what the fuck? Now, Oscar could win and we get Oscar versus Shane. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give two shits about Becky losing that damn title. But there's nothing else they can do besides Sasha versus Bailey. They've done everything. And Sasha Banks hasn't done a fucking thing. She's been right, she's been right back to where the fuck she was before she left. Except now she's more of a in, in like a managerial role in wrestling here and there. Now, granted that she's hurt, she got an ankle injury apparently. She said it herself in a in a in-character interview a couple days ago. But there's nothing else they can do. Sasha Banks needs to be the women's champion at WrestleMania. This woman has done so much. For this company. And they have given her so little back. It's funny how. When, when, when you know you like work your ass off. And you do this and you do that. They. 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 They just fucking put you on the back burner. But then again. When you get like 18 million plastic surgeries. And you get fucking lip, lip fillers. And all this fucking trash. You're fucking with Miss Champion by next week. So maybe, wait, hold on, hold on, maybe, hear me out, maybe if Sasha, right, gets, you know, you know, enhancements, quote-unquote, should be the women's champion in fucking next pay-per-view by Elimination Chamber. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Anyway, there's nothing WWE can do besides Bailey versus Sasha. Make it happen. And please don't hold any of these matches back. These men... 
WrestleMania is supposed to be a fucking super card. And WrestleMania just gets worse every year. I mean, what the fuck, man? WrestleMania gets shit every year. Don't understand it. Alright, guys, before we get out of here, my dumbass thought I was gonna go to oh, <clears throat> my dumbass thought I was gonna go over two hours. And we just hit the hour mark, so here we go. Alright. Becky Lynch. Her hype has died down tremendously. Now, I like Becky Lynch. I fucking like me some Becky Lynch. Seth Rollins is fucking absolutely lucky to have Becky Lynch. Two wake up two every fucking day. Seth Rollins is a fucking dickhead on Twitter. But he's also lucky guy at the same time. They're engaged, happy for him, great. What the fuck has Becky Lynch does since WrestleMania? What has she done? She was in the main event of a fucking 24-hour WrestleMania. In which you can hear the fucking people walking up to the stands from the fucking top row of the stadium. That's how silent it was. The main event sucked. And nobody wants to admit it. Cool, she won the title. Guess how many people were fucking excited? Nobody. The fucking... The, 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 dude, 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 dude. Nobody will sell me on this, man. Nobody will sell me on this. The crowd was fucking dead. Nobody gave a shit. The match sucked. They proved that they don't need the main event again. I don't understand. Look back at the Raw after the Rumble when Becky Lynch came out. And then look at WrestleMania. That's not the, Those are not the same crowds. Now, Corey Graves said the crowds don't sound the same. Last year, then, then in 2020, yes, Corey Graves is right. Corey Graves is 100% right about that. Corey Graves is a fucking clown, but he's right about that. Becky Lynch is not what she was last year. And even last year. I mean, what the fuck is... Hold on. Realistically, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. Realistically, was she even that fucking... Of the hype, quote-unquote, last year? With Fidel Malacy Evans? And Baron fucking Corbin? In the tally? I mean, what? All that build-up. And her first two feuds throughout the whole summer go to Lacey Evans, Baron Corbin, which was obviously a mixed tag. I'm just throwing them in there. And a tally. It honestly wasn't until Sasha Banks came back where people wanted to see Becky Lynch lose. Like, people didn't give a fuck. Like, and honestly, I was one of them. I thought Sasha was going to win the title at Hell in a Cell. I'm like, okay, you didn't do it at fucking Clash of Champions? Cool, do it at Hell in a Cell. They do that on the cell. Sasha got drafted to SmackDown. She's right back to the bullshit that she was before. Becky Lynch's push. The only reason why she got that spot, and again, I'm just being honest. The only reason why she got that spot is because Nia Jax broke her nose. If Nia Jax didn't break her fucking face, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Becky Lynch. We'd be sitting here probably talking about Charlotte holding that goddamn title still. With Shayna Baszler coming up and taking the title off Charlotte. 
we would not be talking about Becky Lynch right now. Now, I'm not saying fucking Becky Lynch isn't good at what she does, but she's fucking cringy as shit at some point. I mean, I I still don't get the whole man thing. I I still I still don't get the whole man thing. Let's fucking be honest here. Let's be honest with ourselves here. This woman is overhyped. She's over fucking hyped. Not overrated. But she's overhyped. She's very overhyped. Her match with Oscar was okay. But in this state with this women's division, there's nobody that Becky Lynch go up against. So they're having her face Oscar. I honestly don't know when, but that needs to be a stipulation match. Oscar needs I look, I think Oscar wins that match. I think they pull a fucking 360 on us. Right? I think they pull a 360 on us. Right? Oscar wins. We get Oscar versus Shayna. Build Oscar up from 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 that bullshit she had to go through last year. Just fucking absolutely just getting the title ripped away from her. Like she was a fucking nobody against Charlotte. You know what the rumor match is supposed to be for fucking Oscar? And I honestly wouldn't mind this at all because if they get Oscar on the fucking card, she wasn't even on the card last year. She wasn't even on the fucking card. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So anyway, the rumored match was supposed to be Sonya Deville versus Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I wouldn't mind that. With, you know, proper build with Sonya, of course. And Oscar was already fucking over as hell. I wouldn't mind it at all. Obviously, that match would have made Sonya a little bit more believable. And it would have got her over. It would have got her over. Anybody who works at Oscar gets immediately better. Unless your name is Lexabus. She fucking sucks. Fuck Alexa Bliss. Oh, yeah. Fuck that music video, too. I watched that shit. I thought it was going to be good, and it was absolute garbage. Absolute trash. Yeah, but I think Becky Lynch is just overhyped. Very overhyped. And she hasn't had the same reactions. Although, fucking Salt Lake City brung it on Monday. She hasn't had the same reaction. That's just me, man. But, I'm not trying to shit on Becky Lynch, because, you know, she's been great. But I think she's better in the fucking chase role than she is as a champion. She comes off fucking cringy sometimes, man. I mean, her fucking promos when she's doing like the licking of the lips thing, trying to make herself look tough. You look fucking stupid. I mean, she doesn't know how stupid she looks, dude. <clears throat> I wonder if she watches her own promos, bro. Every time she does that, uh, the fucking um, lip licking thing, dude, it is so fucking cringy. Like, you don't have to do that to make yourself look tough. But you mean to tell me if Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler ain't in the fucking ring? That's not going to make fucking Becky Lynch more badass? Automatically? Nope. Fuck, I have a few with goddamn Lacey Evans. Oh, yeah, dude. And what the fuck was that promo on Monday? Talking about superpowers and all this bullshit and fucking like... Kyrie Sane came up to the apron. Right? She came up to the apron was going to pull it down. Becky Lynch with the title and the mic still in her fucking hand. Just pushes her off the fucking ring. She, she, she says, look, two powers. 
So now she feels like she can beat anybody. She has no competition. All her debt has been fucking paid. So why not take the title off? I don't know, man. Anyway, guys, we're going to get out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed it, this episode. This will be on Apple Podcasts probably as soon as I'm done recording this and editing it because it takes, it takes you know, 30 to 40 minutes, maybe 20 to 30 minutes to render. Not that long, but really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will give you guys a SmackDown review. Yes, on a Saturday. So please stay tuned for that. That is going to be episode three. Spend that review, and then next week, we will have preview and predictions for TakeOver. TakeOver should be a fucking fantastic show. Can't wait. We haven't had an actual TakeOver since War Games, and War Games was fucking phenomenal. Worlds Collide was great, but it wasn't TakeOver. Fuck Worlds Collide, no, I'm playing. But TakeOver should be a fantastic fucking pay-per-view. That card, dude, we are going to go over the card, trust me. We are going to go over the fucking card. And it's honestly six matches, which, fuck it. The five-match format worked two years ago. They only had four matches. War Games 2, they only had four matches, and it's worked. So add another match. Ain't It ain't taken away from the overall vibe. Still going to be a good show. Anyway, follow me on Twitter at ReadFeeds, Instagram at ReadFeeds, and YouTube at ReadFeeds. You're almost at 1,000 subscribers. I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace out, guys.